I find this scientifically fascinating. You're listening to KUCI Irvine. Disengage this computer now. Broadcasting at 88.9 FM. Hello, computer. And on the web at KUCI.org. The most reliable computer ever made. And streaming through iTunes. Don't expect any mercy during the Great Robot Wars. Anteater Radio brought to you by machines. Returning to normal broadcast in 3, 2, 1. How about a glass of milk? That's gross. Well, count sheep or something. Mommy, you can do better than that. Well, do you have any other ideas? Oh, I know. I can listen to KUCI 88.9. Cool. That's exactly what I'm doing. Friend us on Facebook at KUCI FM and follow us on Twitter at KUCI FM. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. Hi, welcome to the Get the Funk Out Show. I'm your host, Janine, and today's guest is Dan Zevin. He's author of Dan Gets a Minivan, Life at the Intersection of Dude and Dad, coming in hardcover this spring from Scribner. His previous book, The Day I Turned Uncool, Confessions of a Reluctant Grown-Up, was optioned by Adam Sandler's Happy Madison Productions. A finalist for the Thurber Prize for American Humor, Dan has followed his readers through each phase of life, from post-college coping, entry-level life, to tying the knot, the nearly wed handbook, to developing a disturbing new interest in lawn care and wine tastings. Uncool. And that was all before he had kids, which leads us back to this minivan situation. Dan has been a comic correspondent for National Public Radio's WBUR, the humor columnist for Boston Magazine and the Boston Phoenix, and a contributor to national publications including Rolling Stone, Maxim, Details, L, and Glamour. He also wrote an original sitcom pilot for CBS and Warner Brothers. Dan lives with his wife, kids, and pet rabbit in the suburbs of New York, where he has become an active member of his local Costco. It's my pleasure to welcome to this week's show, Dan Zevin. Hello, Janine. How are you? I'm fine. I'm sitting here in my uh, suburban home in, in Westchester, New York. Oh, is that where you are now? You, you moved from Brooklyn, right? Yes. Okay. moved from Brooklyn and... Um, now I'm here loving suburbia. Nice. I was ready to I was ready to leave. Oh, you were. <laughs> was it you know what I remember when I first moved to a, a little suburban neighborhood here in Orange County and I had like the shock of my life. I I felt so strange like I, I just couldn't, you know, get used to it. What is that? Why do we feel like that? <laughs> <laughs> we're like not ready to I grow up. I wrote a book about it. Um I don't I think that there's there's definitely that culture shock when you first move from the city to the suburbs. And I talk about that a lot in Dan Gets a Minivan. In fact, mm-hmm. I think that's that's a huge reason why I wrote it. It's great. I was one of those guys who was ready for it, though. It sounds like maybe you weren't quite ready for I it. I wasn't. I wasn't. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. Looking back, Brooklyn was great. We lived in a very cool neighborhood in Brooklyn. Lots of cafes, lots of bars, lots of really interesting creative people and stuff. And um, I thought, I was one of those guys who thought that nothing much was going to change once we had kids. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> like, we still go out every you night. Fool. Our, yeah, we'd still be kind of <laughs> cool. We'd see our friends whenever we wanted. Yeah. We'd, 
sure. be able to keep our eyes open past nine o'clock at right. night. We just do all this stuff with these little cute babies right. in our in our pouches yeah, trapped sure. in there in their baby beyond. And they'd be so know, nice like, and quiet and obedient and Yeah, they'd just be, we'd be like a kangaroo couple. Right. We'd still just we'll, we'd do all that cool stuff but but like kangaroos they'd just be in the pouch. Mm-hmm. Um so look at me now. I am a stay-at-home dad living in the suburbs and driving around in my minivan. <laughs> so but the, you know what the funniest part is? Yeah. I love it. That's great. How much I love the new lifestyle. That's great. Is it because you look at some of your single friends and you think, "Wow, I have I have it all. I'm just so fulfilled." I am. I feel like I'm the luckiest guy in the world. I mean, there are challenges, and I talk about them in Dan gets a minivan for mm-hmm. sure. There's there's great challenges of of being a parent, but when you really think about it, it's so much fun. Yes. I mean, I I spent yesterday afternoon jumping on the trampoline with with my daughter and my son. Aww. She's six and he's nine. I'm jumping on a trampoline. Right. Other people are, you know, at their jobs yes. with briefcases and offices. Their suits and, yes. Yeah, and suits. I don't, I have one, one suit. One. <laughs> By the way, the title of your book is Dan Gets a Minivan, Life at the Intersection of Dude and Dad. So, like, you're at the threshold of, you know, you're still a dude, but you're, you know, you're welcoming fatherhood. Yes. And, um... The intersection of dude and dad. I think the the question is, can you be both? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think, which gets back to what I was saying earlier. I do, I do think you can. You just, you know, things change. Right. You just the biggest change for me is just how much more stuff you need when you become a dad. I mean, as a dude, <laughs> I don't know. We just, I'm happy to go sleep in a air mattress, you know, and back right. then and. Now, uh, as a dad, you you just need so much more stuff when you become a dad. There's, mm-hmm. there's, I mean, when the kids are babies, you need the, the car seats and the bouncy seats and the vibrating seats and the jolly mm-hmm. jumper, which is, I don't know if you know this, the kind of seat that it has a big spring attached and you have to hook it onto your ceiling so they can bounce around. Oh, we didn't you have You should one make of those. one for grown-ups. I'd like one of those, yes. I, I know, I always got jealous. When you've had a bad day, you just get in that thing. <laughs> glass of wine <laughs> <laughs> Can you um, the baby tranquilizer right there but i mean every we had we had a small place in brooklyn we would put uh the high chair in the kitchen and you couldn't walk around you just yeah. that was it it was a it was a barricade every there was just so much gear you know, know. not to mention all the pop-up toys and the mobiles and the stuffed animals. <laughs> I know. It's crazy. Everywhere you went, I felt like I was a, a military operative, you know, and we were driving around in this tiny little sedan that we had before kids. One day I was packing up the trunk to go. We were going to drive the kids down to my sister's house who lives in Maryland so mm-hmm. they could see their cousins. And I'm packing all this stuff up, and, and there's no room for anything. And I end up strapping the... There's this thing called a co-sleeper, which is okay. like a mattress for a baby to sleep on mm-hmm. next to you, as the, next to the parent's bed. And I, I had to strap it onto the roof, and I was thinking, <laughs> did, my, did my trunk shrink, or did my do I just have way too much stuff? We need a bigger car. When we were little, then, we didn't uh, have all this stuff. That's what led to the then. Excuse me. When we were little, we didn't have all this stuff. You know, when we had maybe car seat. Our parents didn't have all this stuff. 
Yeah, I don't know. We didn't. We didn't really. I don't remember uh, having all that stuff either. But maybe it's just that we weren't quite as mobile. We just stayed home and watched TV. Right. Probably. And now we're just trying to keep our kids very active, very occupied all the time. Yeah. Take them everywhere with us. And I thought at that moment, by the way, I'm, you know, here I am packing the trunk, and I thought, did my trunk shrink, or did 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 my whole life kind of everything's shrinking? Everything seems to be getting smaller. We need more. We need more space. That's probably the biggest change. Right. You just you become a parent, mom or dad. It doesn't matter, and you just need more space. And that's where the minivan came in. Nice. So you were absolutely ready to get this minivan. I was I was fantasizing about it. <laughs> I would see them and at, around being driven around. Yeah. And I would I would secretly think to myself how cool it would be to have one, but you can't admit that while you're living in Brooklyn. Having a minivan is you you can barely ride a Vespa <laughs> without people sneering. You're supposed to only ride a bike, non-motorized transportation, sure. with like a cool messenger bag or something. Right. But finally, I just said, "What the hell? I'm getting, I'm getting one." And we got one. And then I would see all the neighbors quietly looking around, trying to just peek inside, and they looked very interested. They were like, "So, how much does one of these babies cost?" And huh. you know, it's bigger than most people's apartments in Brooklyn, so right. we used it as a storage closet for most of the time. You have parties in there, and <laughs> it's like a living room. Have you ever been in one? You know, no, because I, no, I, I drive a Toyota 4Runner. Uh, you know, I'm like, I'm still like, I'm going to drive my SUV, you know. But they do look nice, and I did see your video online, and I'm like, that looks pretty tricked out. I don't know. Yeah, the, the, the video on YouTube, it's mm-hmm. called Pimp My Minivan. So mine has, um, <laughs> I decided to go whole hog, and mine has these hot rod flames on it. And I got a uh, <laughs> one of those mirror disco balls for the rearview mirror. It's very cool. That I mean, it's so you know, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I just love it. It's got these, the, you know what captain's chairs are, right? Yes, yes. You don't know what they are. I, no, I've, I've seen them. They're like lazy boys, mm-hmm. and you put them, in, but they're in your car. So the kids get to hang out in these captain's chairs, wow. kick their feet up. It has these reclining backs. We have a, a built-in DVD player. I'm telling oh, you, nice. you should come over and hang out. Who makes uh, this? Who makes one of these? Honda? Toyota. This Toy- one is oh, Toyota. Toyota. It's a Toyota Sienna. Oh, yeah. Honda has one, too. I prefer the Toyota only because it has all-wheel drive. Nice. So that means I, I also don't have to shovel in the snow, which we get here on the beautiful. East Coast. Right. I don't I miss that. plow right over it. <laughs> I don't miss that. Well, Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful. So, what does your wife think of your love of your minivan? Is she way into it? I'd say she's she's skirting the line of being terribly embarrassed by <laughs> the person she married and what became <laughs> of him. And um, I don't know, maybe mild amusement. Mm-hmm. She likes it too. I mean, the thing is, the thing is life changing. The thing that I would dread, you have a beautiful, you know, minivan is. When your kids are younger, you know, you, you, all the stuff, the food that gets crammed between the seats and, you know, just trashing the thing. But you, <laughs> your kids are a little older now. Well, my daughter's in kindergarten. And okay. my, my son is in, in third grade, so. Oh, okay. But they are a little older, you know. They're not infants anymore. They can sure. stand up by themselves. We don't have the bouncy seats and all that stuff anymore. Okay. Uh, now we have, now the trunk has bicycles, scooters, soccer balls, footballs, tennis balls. Hardballs, softballs, rubber balls, plastic balls. I mean, bats, <laughs> lacrosse sticks. 
Oh my god! A lot of stuff back there, and but those goldfish crackers are absolutely scattered all over the floor. That's what I was thinking. Those goldfish crackers, ugh, they're everywhere. They're everywhere. I mean, you know, I am a huge. I've become a huge fan of Costco, and mm-hmm. ever since becoming a parent, too. Another thing I never ever thought I would be doing, right. hanging out at Costco. <laughs> but you can get this stuff in bulk. I mean, you can get a. a box of Pepperidge Farm goldfish that has probably a school of 20 billion goldfish inside of it. Gee, can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not telling my you kids know, that. <laughs> you would, there was, I remember I was, when I still lived in Brooklyn, I'm driving around in the minivan and I, I was stopped at a, at a red light and I was on my way taking the kids to feed the ducks over at Prospect Park. And there's young hipster kid pulls up next to me in a that on a Vespa of course mm-hmm. and he just looks at me and he kind of starts cracking up and sneering at me <laughs> and i was thinking you know i don't care if you think this is cool or not but it is cool and if you don't think it's cool that's only because you don't have children yet right that's right you know <laughs> it's all cool is a very relative term that's true Cool in your 20s is not necessarily cool in your 30s and 40s. That's right. However, you you look at different phases of your life with humor, which, I mean, doesn't that help get you out of a funk or just keep things, you know, positive in your life? Yes. I, the, I you know, I say that the reason that I, I like to write is to provide comic relief. Mm-hmm. That's really what people need. That's what I need, I think. Right. And. Um, yeah, so my first book was about getting out of college, and the subtitle, of, and you know, my first book was about getting out of college and entering the real world, and the subtitle of that was A Guide to Masquerading as a Member of the Real World. <laughs> <laughs> I taught people how to fake a resume and kind of uh, live with crazy roommates and have these insane bosses, the real deal. Yes. Um, then I wrote, my second book was about getting married, that was called the nearly wed handbook i love that survive. book yeah, yeah thank you how to survive the happiest day of your life <laughs> and then there was the day i turned uncool uh which was you know the first house living with my wife getting the dog mm-hmm. and here i am with dan gets a minivan the logical next step I love it. but i do think that I'll, you know a lot of guys out there and um and women too don't quite think a whole lot is going to change when when they have kids you know and the the big the big surprise is um everything changes you know know. but there's so many serious there's so many serious books out there about it there's these instructional books and you find yourself as a parent looking at these books written by doctors mds phds that that are supposed to help you get through these developmental stages that your kids are going through or right. behavior issues or physical symptoms. And they're just really scary. They are. <laughs> and they overanalyze everything. And life everything is... is overanalyzed. Yeah. And I just wanted to write a book that was the real everyday funny stuff that happens yeah. when you become a dad. Right. Um, and I've actually been very surprised because it seems like the people responding to it most are, are moms uh-huh. looking for maybe that insight into into their husbands. I don't know. Well, you're writing about the truth in life, and you're, I love your perspective because it does make us laugh. And, you know, I don't read those books, the, the ones that are analyzing this phase of the child's life and 
what's going to happen to you this point in your life. It's too dull and serious. Yeah, well, <laughs> I guess, you know, there's a, there's a market for that. And yeah. then there's a, there's a big market for just the everyday comical sort of details that happen that, that nobody does write about. I mean, right. I'm writing about, for example, in Dan Gets a Minivan, I have a whole chapter on date night. And date night is just this this date night is is like this turning point where you have to plan right. to go out with your own spouse and you know you stay, if you're lucky you can do it once a week usually it's maybe once a month right that's more really and it's just this real turning point my wife and I were together for since college before that i mean wow. we did whatever we wanted went all over the world together and mm-hmm. Now we, to plan date night in a calendar of when we're going to see each other, it's it's just a <laughs> very funny change. And what I talked about in that chapter was how all we ever did on date night was uh, end up talking about the kids, you know. Yes. <laughs> and do you think this one has a problem? And what uh. about Leo? Is he okay? And um, did you get her the shots? And did he get to the dentist? And so we started we started double date night where we mm-hmm. we'd recruit other couples to come out with us and make us less boring. Well, you have to make a pact not to go out and talk about your kids because you have to reconnect with each other, you know. Yes. You and you have to be able to do that off premises, out of your own house so okay. that you can finish a conversation without being interrupted by your kids. Right. So it's worth it. I'll pay $150 for dinner if it means I can complete a full sentence to my wife. What are you talking about? What are you ta- What are you? Ta- Mommy, Daddy, let me tell you. <laughs> oh, I had to laugh, by the way, that you live with your wife, kids, and pet rabbit because all I'm hearing from my daughter, and she's got notes all over the house, is, for my birthday present, I've decided I don't want a hamster, I don't want a mouse, I want a pet rabbit. So tell me, is that a lot of work? No. Okay. A pet rabbit, it's like, I call it an entry-level cat. Okay, phew. <laughs> It's great. But, I mean, there's a lot of great things about it. Now, here's what I would advise you. When you go to feed the rabbit in the rabbit cage, yeah. let the rabbit out first. Oh. Unless, of right. course, I might lose a finger or something. <laughs> they get really excited about the food. Oh, and they, okay. they go straight to chop on your finger. Oh. That's, the only, that's the only tip I would give you. Okay. We have a pet rabbit. Her name is Clementine. Cute. We, we used to have a pet dog, which I talk about in the book, but unfortunately the dog has passed. Oh. There's a whole chapter in the book about uh, it's called "Every Dog Has His Day in Court," <laughs> because I went to I went to court to defend my dog's honor because she was accused of being off leash in the park. Oh. I got busted because I was walking my dog with my little girl on my back, and oh. the dog ran away chasing a squirrel, and oh. I got busted for oh. it. And it wasn't just a ticket; it was actually a summons for my arrest. I had to appear in court. That's pretty and serious. Yeah, and I won. It's all I'm, in the book. I'm glad you won. That's, that's a little <laughs> Those hardcore. are the kind, actually, those are the kind of um, episodes, really, that that uh, that I think we're talking about earlier. You know, there's just those small moments in life, those small funny things that you don't get from parenting books, whatever a parenting book is. Right. Do your kids think you're funny? Like, do they know how funny you are? That's a good question. Um, Every now and then they think I'm funny, but you can't be too funny around your kids because then they won't listen to you. Mm -hmm. I found that that when I can tell them what I need them to do 
but make a joke out of it, right. then then it works better. Sure. But um, but yeah, you don't want to be kind of the the clown dad. Right. Right. Because then they they they'll never put their shoes on. That's true. That's true. <laughs> that is so and get true. out of the house. Now, when did you or your mom first realize your dad that you had this funny side to you when you were little? I used to. I don't know. I think when they when when they handed out the art supplies. I don't know when does that happen. Oh, could have been kindergarten. I don't know. Like kindergarten, oh, I just I, I still remember. I liked. The reason I liked glue was because I thought it was funny to glue other people's possessions down. Nice. Their, yeah, like like I would glue <laughs> my brother's piggy bank down to his to his dresser top or to his desk, and then I thought it was really funny when he would try to pick it up and he couldn't pick it up. I was doing oh, practical God. jokes very early on. Yes, yeah, sounds like it. It sounds like a story my dad once told me. He glued his younger brother's. He put glue on his brother's seat, so when he sat down for dinner and he went to get up, his pants were glued to the seat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I probably learned that from me. Yeah, that kind of stuff. When did you realize that, you know, you wanted to be a writer? When you were little? When did I realize I wanted to be a writer? I Yeah, you know, it was it was, I couldn't add or subtract. I couldn't tell time. I couldn't I was I couldn't do chemistry. <laughs> I remember that the one thing I got a response for was was creative writing. Like I would do these even in early on in grade school I would have to do these reports like every kid on Eskimos or kangaroos or something. You'd study these different places, pyramids. And I would get really into them. And then I would start to try to be funny, you know, if we if the assignment was tell a story about your favorite your favorite sport or something, I would I would try to create a scene that was funny, something funny happened. I ran the wrong way down the football field or mm-hmm. something something like that. And I remember the kids would would be cracking up and suddenly, you know, it was okay that I couldn't do long division because right. there was this one thing that, that, that I was able to do, which was 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 to be a funny writer. And hey, I managed to make a living at, at it now. When did you start doing this for a living? Was it after college or during college? Yeah, well, when I was in college, I interned at Rolling Stone magazine. Nice. And I, I thought that after that, because I was studying magazine writing journalism mm-hmm. at NYU, I thought after that I would just take my my internship and go become the editor-in-chief of Rolling Stone magazine, you know, okay. the publisher or something like that. <laughs> and it didn't exactly work out that way, but I ended up writing my first book just a couple of years after after college, which was, like I said earlier, about the real, real world that, that you encounter after you leave. And, you know, the real kind of entry-level jobs. I had this one job where, any job at all I could mm-hmm. get at that time. It was, the economy was sort of like it is now. Right. But, um, you know, I was, there was this one job where I had to pack Mexican jumping beans into what? these little plastic boxes. What they, kind of It was job? like a little little novelty oh. giveaway thing at the at cash registers that you'd find at, mm-hmm. at gas stations and store 24s and I don't know. I don't even know how I got this. A buddy of mine hooked me up with it. That was probably the craziest job that I ever That is had. crazy. And, that was, and so you wrote about this in Entry Level Life. That's the name of the book? Yes, that was called Entry Level Life. That mm-hmm. was my first book. And what were um, the reviews on that book? 
pretty positive. I'm sorry? The reviews on that book were pretty positive. Oh, people, I, that book did great. Um, who knew that if I wrote a book and taught people how to fake a resume and exaggerate on, on their resume, <laughs> use the word liaison a lot. That was my big advice. Nice. Um, and how to decorate your, your entry-level apartment with milk crates. Oh, funny. I had pictures and instructions and diagrams. Um, and now here I am writing about date night and finding a nanny oh, and funny. going to Disneyland. I have a chapter on, uh, it's called Directions for Enjoying Disneyland in the new book. I'd love to hear about that because I don't know if I really love Disneyland. It's such a zoo. Well, it's actually got excerpted in this month's Parents magazine, oh. which I'm sure you subscribe to, Janine. Oh, yes. Top of my reading um, list. I do get Rolling Stones. So. <laughs> oh, you're see, you're still you're still really cool. You're Thank not you. like mom, dad, cool. Yeah. So directions for enjoying Disneyland. Well, the big thing was just you, you get, I don't know if you've been there lately, but I haven't. when I was a kid, it was so easy to to just find the characters. You know, like mm -hmm. Mickey and Goofy and Minnie. Everybody was just hanging out. Right. You'd see them on the monorail, giving us high fives. I still have the pictures from when I was a kid. So I brought my own kids, and. They're like the characters now. You have to go to them. They don't come to you. Oh. And so I write about this. You have to stand in line for three hours to get into Mickey's house. And then once you get there, you have a two-minute photo op. Wow. And then they usher you out the back door. And that's it. And it was all, it was all just kind of different. So oh. that's the new Disneyland where the characters are the big-time movie stars. Unbelievable. I think the whole ABC merger kind of went to their head. I'll say. I, I don't know if I, I could wait know. in that line for hours just to get a hug from some person in a costume. Well, I did it for my daughter, Josie. She was nice. very, very set on, on that picture with Mickey. That's not so nice. to mention Goofy. But we weren't the kind of parents who knew a whole lot. This was not our goal in life was one day we're going to bring our children to Disneyland. I mean, I thought we were going to bring them to to Zimbabwe right. or Washington D.C. You know. <laughs> yeah, Washington D.C. But this is what happens. Another one of those small compromises. And you want to know something? It was so easy. Okay. Oh, it was terrific. I loved Disneyland. I loved everything about it. The photo op with Mickey Mouse, you know, maybe yeah. could be improved upon. But the rest of it was um, was great. That's great. So easy. That's Everything's cool. done for you. And that's all in Dan Gets a Minivan. Is that book out yet, or is that coming out it's soon? It's coming out on May 22nd. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we'll hear more from Dan Zevin. I find this scientifically fascinating. You're listening to KUCI Irvine. Disengage this computer now. Broadcasting at 88.9 FM. No computer. And on the web at KUCI.org. The most reliable computer ever made. And streaming through iTunes. Don't expect any mercy during the Great Robot Wars. And Peter Radio brought to you by machines. Returning to normal broadcast in 3, 2, 1. You're listening to K-C-I 88.9 FM Irvine, Irvine, Irvine Friend us on Facebook at KUCI FM And Twitter at KUCI FM KUCI, talk, music, and more
The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. Hi, you're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I'm your host, Janine, and this is the Get the Funk Out Show. Ready? Okay! We're back with author Dan Zevin talking about his latest book, Dan Gets a Minivan. Adam Sandler just optioned it, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. See, Adam Sandler's another one who, he's a dad now, too, so he thinks this stuff is pretty funny. Fortunately for me, right? right absolutely. Now, I could <laughs> see him you? getting involved in some of your books because, you know, I could just imagine him, like, playing the role of some of these, you know, stories you've written. Tell me about the day I turned uncool. Wasn't he going to be involved in... Uh... Yes, he he also optioned my last book, which is called The Day I Turned Uncool. So nice. now he's got two. Beautiful. Yeah. Wouldn't that be cool that if, would if be Adam awesome. Sandler played me in a movie or on television? Would you want to have a little role in it? A little role? Yeah. A Big little role? role? <laughs> I would... Um, <laughs> it's all going to my head. No, I do not want any role at all. I would, I would, oh. I'm very happy writing this stuff. Okay. But, you know, it's funny that you mentioned The Day I Turned Uncool. I'm just thinking in the new book, uh, I have a chapter called The Day I Turned Into My Father, which is something that I think every parent, non-parent, male, female, there comes a point where you just feel like, oh, my God, I'm turning into my parents. Oh, I know. And for me, it happened, of all places, at Costco. Tell me. My father is, <laughs> is is completely into Costco. He it's he calls it his club, like other people might refer to their country club okay. or the Elks Club. I don't know. Right. It, it, for him, because it's a warehouse club, but sure. he uses it as a real club. I mean, he's there two, three times a week. Wow. And he's always talking about Costco and always was getting me and my wife stuff that we needed because we couldn't get out of the house when the kids were really little. It's sure. hard to, right. to get around. Especially snow, we, if, you know, if you get a snowstorm. Or, yeah, Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And we didn't, we didn't have the minivan yet, so we had nowhere to put this stuff anyway. We mm-hmm. were living in a small place in Brooklyn. and So my dad would get us all this stuff, and he just kept begging me to go with him one day. Cute. Why don't you come with me? You're going to love it. And why don't you come along? Come along. And finally, I just said yes. Okay. And... The crazy thing is, I was so nervous about being there at first. It was so not me, and I was used to Why were you nervous? our hip. <laughs> I'm sorry? Why were you nervous? Oh, it made me anxious to be there. I mean, yeah. it's, first of all, it's it's the size of a small country. I know. And I was used to these hip little boutiques in Brooklyn where you want to get your bread, you go to the bread store, you want to get your cheese, there's a cute little cheese store, right. you need you need Kleenex, there's a Kleenex boutique, you need toilet paper, you go to the <laughs> hip toilet paper shop in Williamsburg. I mean, there's mm-hmm. like one place for everything. And Costco to me just represented this huge commercial suburban culture. And I loved it. <laughs> I was like, this is great. Oh, man. I mean, I don't have to go 15 times a day to that Kleenex store in Williamsburg. I found everything I needed. And um, by the end, I not only became a member, I became an executive member. Get out of here. I get, I get access an hour earlier than oh, just regular funny. old members. And that's my dad. And I just I realized, guess what? I just 
particular. That's so I write a lot about my um, coming of age at Costco nice. In, nice. in Dan Gets a Minivan. And now I have a house that's big enough to actually contain these 1,000-pack <laughs> of toilet paper, paper towel <laughs> rolls and things like that. So is it become like a uh, weekly ritual for you and your dad to hang at Costco? <laughs> I wouldn't say it's, a, it's not a weekly ritual, okay, but we've good. been back since. That's he loves great. it. That's so nice. But yeah, now I'm a member, so I don't I don't really need him to get me in. I guess it's the equivalent of like when you, when you used to think it was really important to have your name on the guest list at a, at a club to get in, and you know you you felt special. So now I feel like I've got my Costco membership card. I can. I, I have access. Right. I know the right people. You get an all-access pass. <laughs> <laughs> now, I have, I have a question for you, because when we met, I was asking you, to. You, you were helping me, coaching me with my own writing. Do you help people with their short stories and things like that? You probably don't have time. You know, I really, I like teaching, so oh. I still, I do teach. Um, I'm teaching a humor writing class. I've never taught a humor writing class before. I don't nice. know exactly how you teach someone to be a humor writer, even though I am one. Mm-hmm. But um, hopefully they're going to be funny and they're going to be writers. And therefore, it will be easy to teach them how to be funny writers. I don't know. That's great. But I'm going to be, I like, yeah, I'm, I will be teaching. And I don't really do a lot of, I, I was coaching you, Janine, because you're special and you have, Thank you. your stories were great. Thank you. Well, it was really helpful because I think, to not write something again that's so serious and to bring out, you know, your, everybody has their own unique side. And I think we can all be innately funny, but you have to let your guard down. You yeah, know? and that's, it's, it's true. You have to, that's partly why I wrote Dan Gets a Minivan, honestly, is just that there's, when you become a parent, you get so many of those kind of serious books that I was talking about earlier. Right. Or even if they're not instruction manuals written by doctors, there are these very sincere earnest memoirs about, you know, these guys who make it sound like their baby is the first one ever to point to his belly button all by himself, or a new mom saying, you know, my child took out her pacifier today, and it just was a life-changing moment. And I I was thinking, you know, it doesn't all have to be so serious and earnest. There's so much funny material. That's right. That just happens every day as a parent. Yes. Um, and that's the kind of stuff that I like because to me it feels more real. Yes. Um, I have, you know, whether it's Disneyland or I write a whole chapter about um, about my own mother who has been coming like, like, many, like many grandmas these days. She comes to help with the kids. I have a working wife. I'm very busy with my own work and my own writing. And mm-hmm. she came in to... Save the day, and she oh. comes every Tuesday. She's actually coming today in, nice. in about an hour, and she helps out. But the you know it's a kind of a mixed blessing because she's coming to see the kids, but I'm one of the kids <laughs> she thinks she's coming to see. So <laughs> it's not it's not exactly okay. easy to be in your forties with your mommy around. And that chapter is called Mommy and Me. Mommy and Me. Oh, I love it. Well, I can't wait to read the book. Where can people find out more information about you and the book? Well, um, my website is danzevin.com, mm-hmm. and um, you can get the book on Amazon. You can get the book on Barnes and & Noble and, and uh, everywhere that fine books are sold. Beautiful. And you're going to do some book signings as well, right? 
Yes, I'm not. Let's do the best. Not yet out in, in your neck of the woods in California, but okay. um, I will keep you posted. By the way, I was reading on your website a very funny uh, thing on your blog. You had written some New Year's resolutions. <laughs> do you mind if I read them? No, please read them. <laughs> Make me feel guilty about not doing them. But okay. I revised them, so I will not no longer feel guilty. Okay. Go to gym at least, instead of three times a week, you crossed it out and wrote twice. <laughs> right. The, it was Originally, my thing was I should get into the gym three times a week. And how's I crossed that, it out. And how's that going? Zero times a week. Okay. <laughs> Go to the gym at least twice a week, you wrote once. Yeah. Go to the gym at least once. Period. You crossed One out. One period that I can. Yes, I wrote. I wrote. That was my revised New Year's resolution. I will go to the gym once in my life in my lifetime. Organize my office. You crossed it out and wrote sock drawer. <laughs> Organize my sock drawer, my sock which drawer. I also didn't do. Didn't you, in one of your books, write about how guys cannot get rid of their old T-shirts from like high school? Yes. Yeah. I'm still wearing clothes I had in high school. Well. So is my husband. He went out yesterday to get the mail, and he wore a shirt that looked like it had been attacked by termites. And a neighbor, this woman stopped. She goes, oh, I just had a conversation with this woman from New York. And she stopped to talk to me. I said, oh, really? What'd she say? She said, that must be your favorite shirt. <laughs> well, now for me, it's all about cargo pants. This is a big thing. This is an important part of Dan Get the Minivan. One of the important highlights and lessons. That if you're going to become a dad, you need to get 27 pairs of cargo pants. <laughs> and why? Cargo then? pants, for those of you who don't know, you know, the kind of pants that it's like a portable file compartment on your legs. Right. There's, uh, there's just five pockets down each side if you get the right kind. And there's pockets in the back. There's little zipper pockets because there's, again, so much stuff. And if it's not the big stuff that you need in the minivan, it's the small stuff that you need on your legs, That's the funny. juice boxes, right. the bottles, if they're still in bottles, or the, full, the premixed formulas, the, the little size packets of Pepperidge Farm goldfish crackers, the Cheerios, <laughs> little packets of Cheerios, Band-Aids, you know, because they're definitely going to need Band-Aids every single day. Yes. And you just put all that stuff in your cargo pants. I put diapers right in my cargo pants. You do? Because I, one thing is I draw the line at wearing a diaper bag. I, I didn't. I never wanted to wear one of those diaper bags. They make these diaper bags for for dads. Right. They're like backpacks, but they're diaper bags, and they're just. I just figured that that's too much work. I'll just put everything in one of these pockets. Perfect. You need a <laughs> diaper. I just pull it right out. I'm all set. See, you could start your own fashion line, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> you talk to any dad who doesn't have 27 pairs of cargo pants, and I will be surprised. Oh, you're so funny. Dan, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. I had a blast, Janine, and thank you for having me. Oh, I've been thinking of you. I thought you'd be a perfect guest, and I can't wait to read your book. Well, I, I just want to make sure that I can listen to this in my minivan because I ha do have serious satellite radio. Okay. So I'm going to be looking for it. Nice. Beautiful. Okay. All right. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this week's show featuring author Dan Zevin. To find out more about Dan, you can visit www.danzevin.com. Every day's a trick. Pick a card, pick a card. Pull a rabbit out my hat. That's my reward. Keeping my head down and my eyes chock full of stars. Time's not slowing down. Rock it hard. Because I am, have I figured out what matters? <laughs>
find out more about the Get the Funk Out show, you can visit my blog, which is http colon forward slash forward slash getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. I'll see you back here next week. I'm your host, Janine, and you've been listening to Get the Funk Out on KUCI 88.9 FM, Irvine. I'm going to leave you with one last song. This is Janelle Rapp with Sisters. And up next, Sheldon Abbott with Cure for the Blues. We 
thought that we were so small so small but you stood above us stood above us my sister you stood so tall watching over us so we wouldn't fall he took great care of us took great care so bring me Hand it over to me I don't mind sharing Don't mind sharing Something that you don't need So just close your eyes now, yeah Take my hand and you'll see got to Come on and close your eyes 